You are listening to the Christian Worship Center podcast. For more information about our church, please visit us at cwcstillwell.com. We hope you enjoy this message. I was listening to Brother uh, Bob Jones to, today, and of course he's been gone for a while. But one of the things that he prophesied was that what God was about to do in this new decade. And one of the things he said was when you see the Kansas City Chiefs go to the Super Bowl, you will be a sign that God is raising up apostolic chiefs all over the nation. Not only the nation, but the world. Guess what? I'm a double for your trouble believing kind of guy, and they're going back again. So guess what? When you see them go the second time, it's serious business. I mean, it's no wonder the devil tried to, well, I won't go there, tries to bring something illegitimate into the place where God's calling the prophetic chief. He tries to bring in the same old man. Really, dude? That all you got? Amen. I'm excited because God has got this. Amen. Because if He prophesied that, that you will see it coming and you will see God raising up nobodies. Yeah, no names. And it would be just like the devil to scoot in. Somebody we've already been acquainted with. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna go there though. I'm gonna stay away from politics. I wanna go to the kingdom tonight. We stopped last time with the verse out of Matthew. You guys can go. Sorry. Matthew 16 and verse 18, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not come or prevail against it. Matthew 16, 18. This statement, Jesus declares that a church will not only be built, but it will continue to grow and develop. Guess what, church? We are in the growing stages. We're seeing God's power move in a mighty way, and we're going to see more and more of it because God has made us a promise. Not only us, but forefathers, he's made a promise. He made a promise to George Washington. He made a promise to uh, John G. Lake. He made a promise to uh, to uh, a guy from England, Smith Wigglesworth. He made a promise. All And you, guess what? All over the world, things are rippling, things are happening, things are going up, falling apart. It looks like on the outside, but what's actually happened is God is walking in and making everything go crazy and nuts because he's getting ready to uncover some stuff. Guess what? In the next few weeks, you will find, you will hear about churches that have been supporting groups that, that, are, that are illegal, that are wrong, that are, in, that are distributing bad things, and you will hear of churches Churches that have been giving them money under the table. Big ministries out. Come on. I just know what God told me. 
don't watch what I say. It's about to happen, and you're going to be shocked. So don't be following these big-name ministries because you're going, to, you're going to wish you hadn't them. That's just what God told me this afternoon. I was like, where'd that come from? Because there are things about to uncover because the church has to become in judgment before America does. Amen? Because God's getting ready to do something awesome and wonderful, and he can't have no mess trying to accomplish it. Amen? So church, let's get it right. Let's go back to the Bible, back to the roots, back to the power, back to the demonstration, back to the spirit. Because if we're not led by the spirit, we'll be, we'll be divided and messed up and in division. And we'll be, we'll be all kind, following all kinds of stuff. And there are all kinds of demonic spirits and devils and wickedness and, and, and all kinds of things that are happening in our world today. Because the enemy is, is, is warning us to, to get our eyes off of what God is doing and on to what the world is doing and so we can't be looking about what the world is doing because it's going crazy but anyway what we do understand is that Jesus gives this this picture that no force or no influence can come against the church and stay come on it can't stay so it might come against us. So don't be worried about all the stuff they're passing against the church because it's about to fall through. Amen? It's not going to happen. It's not going to come. So because God gave you a promise and he gave us a promise. So guess what? We're going to see the promise. So if God's promised us something, we are going to see it come to pass. And we got to hold on to what he said and not what everybody else is doing and saying. Man, I had to preach to myself this week because I got my eyes on some things that the enemy is doing and God's, God just kind of just pulled me back and he said, no, look at what I'm doing. Look at what's going on. Look at what I'm accomplishing. So the picture Jesus gives us is that of a invading army. Come on, the church is not sitting idly by. We are calling in the forces of heaven that are coming, and they are going to meet where you can't meet. They're going to go where you can't go. They're going to walk where you can't trod. They're going to do things that you can't do. So while you're worshiping and while you're praising and while you're magnifying God and while you're on your face before God, guess what? The angelic armies are going to destroy the works of the enemy. Amen. So it's going to conquer every foe and allow nothing to get over on its process or progress. We serve a conquering Christ. Amen. We have the conquering Christ. And if anyone else had made such a statement like this that Christ did, it would have just been another empty boast of some crazy empire builder. Amen. But the author of this statement, I'll build my church, is Christ. Jesus, the one who has already conquered death, hell, and the grave. Come on. Come on. Isn't that wonderful? Well, he's already conquered death, hell, and the grave. Don't you think he can deal with America? Don't you think he can deal with China? Don't you think he can deal with the rest of the world that's going nuts? Don't you think he can deal with your crazy kids? 
Don't you think he can deal with your fake crazy mom and daddy? Amen. He can deal with all of them. He doesn't need your help. All he needs for you to do is turn it to him because he is. He is. Amen. He's already risen from the grave, ascended to the throne. So now we know his words are not empty, but they are full of his power. And his grace, his promises are true. Our conquering savior is he who loved the church and gave himself for her. That is who we serve. Is that not enough for us to believe him? That he loved us so much he came and bled and died and rose again so that I could be made whole and that I could live in victory. Amen. So I got to stop saying what I got and what I, what I see and start saying what he's saying. I mean, it's easy to say what we see because we live on this planet and we see crazy stuff. So it's easy for us to say what we say, but our conquering Savior loved the church, gave himself for her. And look what Ephesians chapter 5, 27 and 25 and 27 says that he will present him her to himself, a glorious church. Not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that we should be holy and without blemish. Man, imagine a God that can save a sinner and then carry him all the way to heaven and present him spotless before God. That can save a mess like us and say, I'm not worried about it, Father. I'm going to present them spotless before you. He must have some pretty good confidence in his blood. Because I know he don't have confidence in me. Come on. But he's got confidence that he's got enough power to keep you. Who's able to keep you from falling is what he said. Man, isn't that wonderful? Now that ought to make a bunch of mummies shout. And I know y'all are not mummies, so we, we ought to be able to shout about that. Because you understand God took somebody that was nothing and made him something. Amen? Is that not good? Amen? He has already risen from the grave. He's already ascended. He's going to present you. Never fear. Jesus is Lord over the church. Don't fear what God, what's going on with the church. We, we got a church full of crazy people. I mean, in this, the church in this, not, not here at Christian Worship Center, of course, but I'm talking about the church of Jesus Christ is full of some weirdos. Y'all met them, right? Come on, he's even called some of them to preach. But guess what? He loves them. And he gave himself for them. And he's able to present them because we, with militant love, he is fashioning, he is shaping, he's building the church of the last days. He's building the church that is going to be better and more powerful than the one that he left. Come on, imagine that. It's hard to imagine the Acts Church in 2021, right? But guess what? We're about ready to see it come forth because he's been working on it since he left. He's been building on it. He hasn't left us. He is preparing his army to invade the world with power and love of Christ. 
Guess what? What's happening in the, in the Pacific Northwest is unbelievable. What's happening in Washington State right now, the power of God is flooding that place like nobody's business. They're having a move of God out there. Guess what? God ain't forgot about the West Coast. Come on. He's got it under, under wraps. They're having it in Tennessee right now. The power of God is flooding churches there. They ain't got enough room to put them because the power of God is moving. So guess what? We're on the other end of that trail of tears. Hallelujah. It's coming. Hallelujah. Ooh. Glory to God. In Matthew chapter 13, Jesus tells the parable of the wheat and the tares. Everybody remembers that. In this story, a farmer has a field of wheat in which the enemy has seeded tares. And and if you understand the difference in between wheat and tares, they look a lot the same. But discovering the tares, the workers ask the farmer if he desires them to remove them. Would you like for us to remove the tares? Is what the farmer asked. They asked the farmer. The farmer denies that request, just like Jesus, and says because the removal of the tares might destroy the wheat. So I don't want you to move them right yet, but let them grow together unto harvest come on this is the reason we're having to deal with a lot of tares in the in the kingdom of God I mean knows what a tear is the wheat when it gets seed on it or fruit on it when the wind blows it bows over the tear looks like it's got wheat on it or grain on it but it doesn't it's empty shells because it stands straight in the wind. How many's ever seen the Holy Ghost move in a service and there's some people who don't move? They don't wave. They don't even sway. Power of God can move all around them and they'll sit there and look like a knot on a log. Amen? Why well, ain't moving the Spirit moves me? Amen? But guess what? God said, let them both go together. I'm not going to try to do, deal with them right now, but the harvest is coming. Guess what? We're at harvest time. I'm, I'm he's glad to see harvest time finally. God's going to deal with the tares. He's going to deal with the tear spirit in me. He's going to deal with that old tear spirit in you. And all of us deal with it at times. We all deal with that pride and that, I don't know what we're proud of. I don't have a clue. But we somehow are. Come on. Of something. And guess what? But God's about to deal with that. He's about to bring the glory down. He's about to bring the fire down. And he's going to destroy the chaff. Hallelujah. So I say, God, break me. Break me. And they both go together into harvest, under the day of harvest. Isaiah prophesied it this in Isaiah chapter 2 and verse 2 through 3. Have I got that up there, brother? He is, I think that's the next one. All right. Next one. Next one, maybe. Nope. One more. 
There it is. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established on top of the mountains. Not just one mountain, but the mountains. And shall be exalted above the hills. And all the nations shall flow to it. Come on. You like it? Look at this next verse. Many people shall come and say, come let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways and we shall walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Come on, somebody. His word is going to flow out of you. His power, his resurrection, his authority is going to flow out of. Come on, there ain't no devil in hell can keep the mountain from going to the top. Hallelujah. And the nations are going to flow out of it. Amen. That's harvest time. That's where we're at. Harvest time. This is not a prophecy concerning the rebuilding of the physical temple in Jerusalem. It is the spiritual, the church in the last days. That's what he's talking about. We got a rising church in a sinking society. Amen. We got a sinking society going on, but the church has got to be rising to the occasion. Come on, no wonder we had to go through a little short time of craziness and and them talking about shutting our mouths and shutting the conservative voices. You know why he had to do that? Is to wake up the church and make them realize that it's not about them. It's all about him. Hallelujah. The church is about to become the established and exalted in his spirit in such an extent that while the word of God is flowing out of it, the nations of the world is flowing into it. We couldn't we couldn't make no nations flow in here until we got the word going out. And now that the word's going out, guess what? The nations can come in. When the word of God begins to go out of the church, the nations of the world is going to flow in. Come on, I'm talking about First Nation people. Yeah, and all the other nations. Because ye are a holy nation. Oh, amen. It's an exciting time. So Jesus is building his church like any good builder. What does he do first? He prepares a foundation. This is what he's calling Christian Worship Center back to. You say, what do you mean, preacher? I'm about to tell you. I'm about to show you by the word of God. The Apostle Paul said it in this way. Now, therefore, ye are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Come on, he speaks of us as a household. Having been built on the foundation. Come on, y'all got this? 
of the apostles and prophets. Come on. Y'all getting it? You're about to get it. I'm about to do an explanation, a sermon illustration. I'm done. Go back to that one, brother. I want you to look at this. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitly joined together, fitted together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord in whom ye are also built together for a dwelling place of God in the spirit. Come on, I want you to I want you to get something. In this church, in this verse, the church is described as a household. This is a domestic term. He's using something we're familiar with. A household. It's a family. Right? Come on, go to fill out your tax forms. It'll say, are you head of the household? Are you co-head of the house? Come on. Right? It's a domestic term. It's described the setting in the abode of a family. Our present generation is an orphan generation. We have raised them as an orphan generation. Come on, not everybody. But in this generation, there is no mothers and fathers. Every child is facing domestic breakup of the household. In this age, very few have their original parents together. Some of them are being left out on street corners for just anybody to raise. Come on, mothers and fathers are on drugs. Leave their kids alone for iPads and phones to raise them. Don't 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 get don't get don't fall out with me yet. But we've come to church and we provided children's church for kids so that they don't get bored. Come on, I'm headed somewhere. Don't fall out with me yet. And, and I'm not against children's church. Don't get me wrong. We got one. But then I believe we got one of the best. But let me tell you this. In this generation, we have taught our children that you got to have fun. Everything you do. And God's for that. I got it. But you've got to be entertained. And we have allowed this generation to become so entertainment crazy till they can't stand the power of God to move and take them beyond the place unless it entertains them. So we have raised an orphan generation that is sitting in church and still feels like they're alone. 
our present generation knows only their only experience of family is brokenness, destruction, dysfunction, and disarray. In today's society, divorces outnumber marriages. Fathers, fatherless homes outnumber two-parent homes. And abuse and neglect is rampant. What once was considered a normal family considered uh, consisting of a father and a mother and their children is now abnormal. Throughout the land, the cry of the heart is for a family. I want to connect. I want to be, I want to belong. I want somebody in my life that cares. There's a desperate longing for a place to belong, a place for his work. Somebody can fit in and can grow up in Christ, in security and peace. The world is looking for a church that does more than listen to sermons and sing in the choir. They're looking for more than a church that just does this or does that. They're looking for a household. They're looking for a place to belong. They're looking for somebody to come around, put their arm around them and say you're cared for. You're loved here. You ought to stay here because we want you to be here. The church must be the house of God where people are held together by common bonds of faith and love. The church should be a household where we hold each other up in prayer and hold forth our profession of faith to the lost. Building on a foundation. The victorious church has got to become a family. Come on. What did Jesus say? What did Paul say in Ephesians? Building upon the foundation of what? The apostles and prophets. I want to tell you what an apostle is. An apostle in the Greek was a group of ships. That's what they called the apostle. This is why they talked about the apostles. Because in the Greek is a Greek word. And it means sent. It means called out. Somebody said, well, you have to see Jesus to be an apostle. Look at Paul. He says that some of the disciples were other apostles was saying to him, you're not an apostle. You didn't see Christ. You didn't get your, your uh, orders from headquarters. <laughs> right? Isn't that what they, go back and read it. He said, I just want to tell you that for your information on the road to Damascus, I did see Christ. But... If you're really wanting explanation for why I'm an apostle, it isn't because I saw Christ. It was because I am a foundation of his truth and his power and his anointing and his belief. So guess what Paul did? He said, I became nothing. Right? Come on. How many knows what a foundation is? This church does not, this foundation that's under this church does not care if you see it or not. Come on, we cover it up with carpet and it doesn't get its feelings hurt. We put fuse, pews on and it's not, it's not got a problem with it. Because why? It's a foundation. 
the apostles the same way. Come on, Brother George, stand up on my back. Come on. You know what? That's it right there. That's good. You see, the apostle doesn't care. This humble submitted to the power and demonstration of God. What happens when the foundation moves? The guy moves too. When the foundation is steady and it moves, guess what? The whole building moves. The foundation goes up, so does the building, so does everything that's on it. Come on, Paul said, I want to be, we're going back to the foundation of the prophets and the apostles. Building on the foundation that is secure, putting the cornerstone back in order, so that everything that is on top of the apostle and the prophet is building of God. So guess what? The humble and humility of the apostle is what makes the rest of the building stand. The anointing of the foundation is what makes the rest of the building strong. Come on. This is why we have to have the apostles and prophets. They don't care if they're seeing their foundation. Come on, they don't have to be seen every service. They're the foundation. Don't call me apostle nobody. Don't call me prophet nobody. Because it don't matter. I'm just doing God's work. I'm just doing what God called me to do. You can like it or you don't have to like it. And I'm still going to build up the foundation. Come on. Yeah. You can crush me, you can walk on me, you can do whatever you want to, but I'm still going to hold up the building. Come on, if you're called to be an apostle or a prophet, I'm talking to you right now. Because it's got to be submitted to God's favor and God's power. I don't care about nothing else. I don't care about who likes me or who don't like me. I don't care what they say about me or what they don't say about me. I am just holding up the building. The church of Jesus Christ must rise to the occasion. I want to be laying flat on my back. I can be laying flat on my face. But as long as the church is moving. Let me lay down. Let me lay it all down for you, Lord. I want to be the foundation of the building. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Come on. This is where we start. This is how it goes. This is why Christian Worship Center is moving. Why? Because we got the foundation right. Everything else is built on. It's going to stand. Because of the humility. I'm done for tonight. Ooh, I had to get that out. You understand? Everybody wants a title. Guess what? Your title isn't what holds the church together. Come on. You may have up here. Well, I'm apostle, so-and-so. <laughs> Was you sent? 
You got to be sent. You got to be called to be on the floor. Come on, everybody ain't called to no foundational work. Because these people going to walk on you. They going to cover you up. They don't really want to see you. Because you're annoying. Because you're, you're not just everybody. You're not just got the same calling the pastor does. You don't have the same calling that the, the healer does. You don't have the same calling that the teacher's got. You don't have that love and anointing that the evangelist has. He can just go on down the road and everybody likes him when he comes and when he goes. But you are not that. You gotta stay on the floor. You understand what I'm saying? Makes sense? So before you say you call to be a prophet or apostle, you better look. They on the floor. They ground level. They're where the rubber meets the road. This is why we have to have them both. This is why apostle and prophets have to be connected. Remember the five-fold ministry, the hand of God in the church or in the earth? Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. Remember, the apostle is the thumb. He touches every one of them. He can move in every gift. The prophet can't. The pastor can't. The teacher can't. But the apostle can. He touches all rest of the... Oh, I'm late, ain't I? And then we got the prophet That's the index finger The pointer finger If you got the prophet Loose from the Apostle Boy he can point out some stuff Right And we got a lot of loose fingers today Come on they're pointing at everything Uh, God They're on the loose, but they're not attached to the apostle, so they don't have the grip. Because when you got the thumb and the index finger together, you can pluck out stuff, you can pick up stuff, right? Try to pick up something with just a, with just the prophet. It'll give you a problem. And this is where a lot of the churches has went, has lost out because they got the prophet but no apostle. Am I making sense? Come on, y'all probably hear this again in February, but. But the evangelist is the longest reaching finger on the hand. He can reach everywhere. They reach out. The pastor is the ring finger or the relationship finger. When the prophet hurts somebody's feeling, guess what? Here goes the pastor. He goes around and he loves on them. And yeah, because it just happens, right? The prophet will say, I mean, get in your face. And the apostle will too. Here's what the pastor's for is to kind of mend up the broken things. Mends the relationships, fixes them where they're gonna, not going to leave the church. They get over it, and they get through it, and they learn how to grow by it. Come on. 
I'm not here to run down the prophet or the apostle, either one. I'm here to fix, to do what God called me to do with the relationship of the church. And then you got the pinky, which is the teacher that balances the rest of the hand. Without the little finger, your hand is a mess. Come on, there's no balance. So without the teachers in this place... Come on, without Brother Jack and Sister Karen, Sister Sheila, we're a mess. Come on, because we just go crazy on them. We got the rest of them, but we got to have all five. And guess what? This is what Jesus did so wonderful is to leave us with his hand in the earth. And guess what, church? Now we can do business because we've got the ministry of grace in the church. Amen. How many is glad you're a part of a grace church? Amen. You're a part of a grace church. You ought to be tickled to death because are tickled to life because you're a part of a grace church. Amen. You're not in a dead church. Amen. Because with any one of them only, you see where you'd be? And we got churches that are operating pastor only, prophet only. And God is his will for us to have the fivefold in operation in this church. We got people seeing visions, people having dreams, people getting words. People getting spoke to. We got prophets. We got pastors. We got teachers. We got all kinds of people that God has put in this congregation that will go and do their part. They don't care who sees them. They don't even care who notices. They just do their business. They do what God called them to do. And look what a group of people it is producing. Growth like unbelievable. Seeing on Sunday nights how this place comes alive with the giftings. And it's because that a fivefold ministry is loosed in this house. And they are prepping. They are getting them ready. They are calling them out. They are helping them do it. And we are maturing. Amen. I'm seeing maturity every Sunday night. I'm like, whoo, that is good. That is awesome. That is wonderful. He just, man, he just blesses me beyond blessing to see these people getting out there and getting their feet wet and doing what God called them to do. Amen. No, there's no threatening in the five-fold ministry because you got to be comfortable with being the foundation. Come on. we got to be comfortable being on the floor. And that's where I'm comfortable at. I want to be on the floor. I want to be on the foundation. So you understand where we're at now? This is how we're going to possess in 2021. We're going to move it. We're going to move every mountain. We're going to take over every sickness. We're going to take over every disease. We're going to take over every drug house. There's not going to be any more drug houses in Adair County. We're going to kill them. We're going to mess up with them. We're going to mess them over because there's a army that is rising up. There's an army that is rising up. There's an army that is rising up. 
because there's power in the name of Jesus. There is hopeless hope in the name of Jesus. There is care in the name of Jesus. There is love in the name of oh, Hallelujah. So as we leave out of this place tonight, I want you to stand and I want you to give God a 10 second praise. Amen. If it lasts longer than that, that's okay. It's cool. But we're going to at least give him 10 seconds. Is that all right? All right. One, two, three. Come on. Give me some praise. Hallelujah. We worship you. We glorify your name. We praise you. We magnify you. We glorify you. Hallelujah. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. Hallelujah.